You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. And welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that reports all of the very important things. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is journalist, graphic designer, and performer, Melissa Carton. Hi. Hi, how's it going? I wasn't sure if my sound was working there. We got a very enthusiastic hello. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you doing? Pretty good. Not much going on lockdown and everything yeah I think I think that's kind of a running theme like this show has been running for about six months probably longer at this point I think we started like last May and every single episode starts with ah you know lockdown (laughs) 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 will it ever end I don't know I think we're we're just in limbo for the next 20 years or so I know I I want it to be you know at least open up a bit for the summer so we could see people do things. Yeah. <laughs> see the sunshine you know not from a window <laughs> so you're you're quite a diverse person in that you do journalism and graphic design and performance and all of that so do you want to kind of jump into you can start wherever you want because I know that's that's a lot of very diverse points but yeah if you want to tell us just a little bit about what you do and how you got into it Well, my main job is as a journalist, I've been writing for Her.E for the past three years and I wrote for other websites before that. As far as the kind of more performance end of things, I started doing that back when I was a teenager. I started in Dublin Youth Theatre and then got some parts with Dublin Fringe Festival through that and then ended up expanding to some small bits in film and TV and music videos down the line. The graphic design aspect came when I went to film college and I ended up taking a liking to creating graphics and stuff and I've done some for musicians over the last couple of years and last year in lockdown I did the album cover for a musician friend and you know that's out in the world now and it's kind of weird like seeing an album cover that I designed yeah that's really cool though yeah no it was brilliant so so which album is this then you know if people want to look it up it's Irish trad musician called Donal O'Connor there's a few different ones but I'm pretty sure his website is the only donaloconnor.ie but it's called Black and Blue. And like, if you're someone who likes music, that's sort of along the lines of James Taylor or anything like that. It's very, that kind of vibe. Oh, very cool. I'm totally not just looking for it and having a sneak. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I do this. I stalk all my guests. (laughs) Oh no, but that's really, really cool. So would you say then that the performance kind of came first and then the graphic design was something you fell in love with or kind of what was the order of that yeah the performance definitely came first I started doing kind of singing and things back when I was in primary school I was in a competitive choir and then in secondary school was in musicals and things and then through Dublin Youth Theatre realized actually this is something I might kind of like to pursue as a career I I don't know if I'd recommend it to everyone it's like I think there should be more funding for the arts and it should be a more viable career but yeah 
I think it was like 10 years or so I was going on auditions and there was a couple of years where I was consistently getting roles and I kind of thought oh this is it things are going to kick off and then they just didn't (laughs) (laughs) and then COVID happened (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. because even last year last January February I was auditioning for things I was also supposed to be writing a show for a theatre festival and then COVID happened so all that was cancelled yeah, and it's it's kind of one of those things where like arts and performance and all that kind of thing, it was always fairly hit and miss anyway. You know, like you said, it, it's hard to really make a living at it. And then when the ball gets rolling, sometimes it can stop halfway through or, you know, whatever it is. And then so for everyone who was kind of working before lockdown hit, we were already kind of struggling and then lockdown hit and it was gone. Yeah, no, I've seen it happen to so many people. And I used to work at a lot of burlesque and cabaret shows. And like I've seen people attempt to kind of put them online now. So they're still making some kind of revenue, but it's so hard. And anyone who used to work at music festivals or anything like that, all their work has been gone. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing about it as well is that this is something that I've noticed people saying is that when it started, we were told, oh, it's just going to be two weeks. And I think we were past the one year anniversary of two weeks at this point. Yeah, I think so. Because I think someone in my job shared the last day they were in the office. And that, yeah, that was like last week or something. So yeah, Yeah. because Paddy's Day was cancelled last year as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that because I remember a lot of people were very upset about that. And we were like, well, look, if it's only two weeks and it helps. (laughs) But, you know, here we are still not through to the other side of that. But on a happier note, let's let's talk a bit more about you and less about sad, depressing things. So, yeah, you do a lot of journalism as well. How did you kind of get started into that? Well, I always enjoyed writing. I was just one of those kids who entered every kind of writing competition. And it was kind of happened by accident through acting, I realized. I liked creating the shows and like creating characters and I wrote a couple of shows for Dublin Youth Theatre and then it was kind of on the back burner for a while I was just concentrating on performing but then uh, there was a friend of mine Dara Malouli he's the bearded Irishman on Instagram and he was working for an online music and fashion website and they needed someone who was working in fashion which I was at the time to kind of be a contributor and do like a column with them and then I ended up getting a job with them as their deputy fashion editor and it was through that that the ball started rolling and I went from that website to chunk.ie to goss.ie and then up to her.ie that I'm working with now. All right. So you've been kind of you've been doing this for a good while. You've been, I suppose, through the journalism ages. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking now, maybe eight years or something. All right. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that would be more of a regular gig as well. Yeah. And it's really changed over the years. Like I started, like I said, in fashion and then with Chunk Daddy, I was actually writing the weird and supernatural stuff. My first series with them was like creepy Christmas traditions, which was like Krampus and like the Yule lads and stuff like that. And just kind of weird, wacky stories and anything that was like true crime or Irish traditions like banshees and stuff. Mm -hmm. And now I'm writing kind of everything. It's a mix of things because like I still write true crime pieces, but they're for her. Because I was talking to... 
think now. I was tra- I was interviewed recently about one of the true crime pieces, but uh, yeah, it's a mix of things. It's been a journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense because you're already such a diverse person that it would make sense that you're kind of writing a bit about everything. Yeah, and like it's one of the things I really enjoy with the job I'm doing now is that I'm not kind of pigeonholed into writing one type of thing. We do like news pieces, we do entertainment, we do a bit of fashion as well. We do opinion pieces. I did one there during two weeks ago about being a woman that has ADHD because at a lot of times if you're neurodiverse as a woman, you're less likely to get diagnosed. And I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my 20s. So I think it was like an important topic to talk about. So I did a piece on my experience with it. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm with you there 100%. Like it is so important. And it's great that you're using your, you know, your way of expressing yourself to kind of put that out there as well. And maybe it'll help someone you don't even know. Yeah, you never do know. Because I think articles, like even going back to reading teen magazines, and you see an interview with someone that you looked up to, and you're like, oh, actually, they have that same kind of insecurity, or they have that same thing that I have. Oh, you know, it's just kind of that feeling of not feeling like you're on your own. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a solidarity thing, but it's, I think in a sense, it kind of validates your feelings as well, you know, because a lot of the time you go, well, is it just me who feels this way? Am I being silly? And then you see no other people actually relate. And so it kind of helps you come to terms as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's just kind of a thing growing up and not knowing that I had ADHD or anything like that. You know, I always felt awkward. I always felt, oh, there's something wrong with me. And that's why no one wants to be friends with me. That's why I get bullied in school. And then one of the things with performing when I joined Dublin New Theatre, I found I very easily made friends and people were very accepting me. They liked me. They wanted to talk to me. And that was when I kind of went, oh, hang on. Maybe there's nothing actually wrong with me. Maybe it's just these other people. The problem was with them. And then when I started college, one of my lectures, noticed that I was having trouble focusing and I had a lot of anxiety and panic attacks and that was when I went and got officially diagnosed. Wow yeah it's it's amazing that the support you can get from creatives and other people who are not even necessarily going through something similar but maybe they just they know the signs and they can see it and you know they can kind of point you in the right direction. Yeah absolutely and I think sometimes like that if it's not like with everyone because I don't want to say like everyone that's like on the spectrum or has something neurodiverse is like a manic pixie dream girl but a lot of people you know they have interests that they're very passionate about and they talk about them a lot and maybe they do dress quirky and stuff I know I do and when you're around other artistic people they're kind of the same so even like that if they're not neurodiverse they still have similar interests and they're as passionate as with their things so they they just accept that you talk in a really passionate way and constantly want to talk about your interests yeah yeah and it, it is one of the things that I find great about kind of the creative scene especially in Ireland like obviously in other places too but especially in Ireland it's very very accepting and supportive and social and it's kind of it's almost like a big family yeah like that's so small and you, you, you meet one person from one group and it turns out that you know because I was at Body and Soul there what was it 2019 and there was Katrina from Body Paint Dublin and I went up and I was chatting to her and one of my friends who was with me came over to see who, who I was talking to and were like oh hi Katrina because they went to college with her yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know everyone just knows everyone it's such a small island 
<laughs> but yeah, no, t- totally. I mean, it's the same with like, like anyone you meet. I mean, we get people on the show who they'll message in and they'll say, hey, I was listening to my friend's episode. And, <laughs> and then you're chatting to them and then you realize they know six other people that you know. And it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you go. I was on a film set for a film called Glassland a couple of, no, it was a good few years ago now. I think it was 2014. And I was just standing there in the costume department. One of the girls that worked in the costume department just walked up to me and she goes, oh, I know you. You have family in Boyle in Roscommon. And then she just kept walking and I never saw her again. I was like, how did she know that? How does she know me? (laughs) You're like, wait, come back. I need more information. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the cryptic lady who knew about your family and then just disappeared into the yeah. night <laughs> never saw her again oh that's kind of creepy actually <laughs> oh it's gonna end up on a true crime po- podcast somewhere i think <laughs> no no happy thoughts <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so you you've kind of you've been on both sides of it you know you've got the the regular writing gig but you've also been on the performance side where you're kind of scrounging for work and that kind of thing and how do you find comparing the two it's different because they're two different passions but yeah when you have the regular gig it's so different just security wise like knowing I can buy groceries I can pay my bills this month and I actually diverted away from the arts and journalism for a while I went back to college and I did the medical sciences and I worked in a medical lab for two years and that was great and I had the well-paying job I had great security but ultimately I was kind of miserable one part of me really loved it but the other part was like I'm not doing anything creative and because of the long hours I was working I was like I don't even have time outside of work to do anything creative and as kind of like going back and forth and was like do I really give up this job just because I'm unhappy with it should I not be grateful should I not just stay here for like the wages and then unfortunately I lost someone uh, close to me in an accident and that was kind of it I was just like look something could happen tomorrow I might not be here tomorrow and I don't want to think that the last couple of years I spent was just me being miserable so I left it and like that I was freelance for a while and scared and didn't know what I was going to be doing but ultimately I kind of found my way back to what I think I should be doing yeah no I totally get you it's it's one of those things that like people have their basic human needs which is obviously you need to eat you need to sleep uh, you need to be warm all that kind of stuff but what some people don't realize is that creatives they kind of have this innate human need to actually create as well like if you're not expressing yourself or you're not creating something it's kind of like you're not fulfilling that need and then you can like you said you can become miserable or unhappy or whatever it is so I I think it is definitely so important to kind of find a balance between you know obviously it's great having a paid job and there's the security and everything you need that as well <laughs> if you don't have the financial security then maybe you're not filling your need to eat but I think it is so important to find the balance between the two yeah and the thing is, like as I was saying earlier that like there really should be more investment in things like the arts and things that are creative pursuits they're put down a lot as just sort of things you know oh people just do those as hobbies but then when you look at lockdown what has gotten us through lockdown entertainment has watching shows listening to music even the people like I said who've made shows online and stuff 
this is the things that have gotten people through. So why is it seen as something not to be cared about and something not to be funded yeah absolutely and I mean even the statistics will show you that Netflix and and Disney plus and stuff they they've seen their sales and and users go right up but even things like video games you've got I think the highest selling console over the last year has been the switch yeah and we have one (laughs) yeah I mean I I bought one last year you know (laughs) I was like all right I'm getting one yeah and they're brilliant (laughs) but like people don't realize that because they see movies and they see their their TV shows and their video games and everything and they don't realize the amount of creative work that goes into it yeah like and there's so many people behind the scenes like people see the actors and they might know about the directors but there's ADs there's the the sound people there's director of photography there's all the extras and like so much funding that has to go into it for even the smallest scene to happen because you know you're paying for insurance you're you're paying for wherever you're doing it on location you're paying to have people there it's a lot of time and money yeah absolutely I mean the and I suppose I'm guilty of this as well is sometimes you kind of you forget that and you're watching something and you're like oh well that was terrible but like they still put a lot of work into it you know (laughs) you're still allowed to think things are terrible yeah I mean I know like I'm I'm the worst one for that with nerd to know media because we you know when we do the weekly kind of all get together show and they're gushing about whatever new thing is out this week and I'm like yeah it was awful don't watch it and it's like no but people worked really hard on that and then I'm on this show being like support the artists Yeah, so just if people like listening to me on this show, don't listen to me on the other show. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. That's your twin. That's that's somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the evil twin that hates the arts. And <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to remind myself to be like, go easy. <laughs> yeah, people work hard on stuff. <laughs> that's a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> get it printed on a t-shirt <laughs> well I suppose I could talk a bit about how I met you <laughs> which is through something else which was body painting yeah which happened well the, the first time I was ever body painted oh god it was about 10 years ago but then there was like a huge gap between the next time I was and it was really mainly to get body confidence back for me like I had done modeling before having kids and then afterwards I had photographers who had worked with me before that wanted to shoot with me again I was like oh but you know if you know I had a cesarean and my stomach's hanging over like my pants and you know I really didn't feel great in myself and there was a makeup artist who wanted just think she was competing in a show and she was like oh can I just model you'll be completely covered in like body paint no we'll see your body anyway and I was like yeah okay if it will help you out and after doing that like I was in I think it was the RDS or something and I was just in body paint and pants and I was just like I was walking around this room with hundreds of people not bothered by the fact I was just in body paint and pants I was like oh okay and then I, I actually, yeah, I ended up doing it at the Lighthouse Cinema for the launch of one of the Star Trek movies then. It was Into Darkness. Yeah. And I was painted into the Starfleet uniforms. 
and I think it was one of the morning programs for RTE. I was like, this is going out in the morning. <laughs> I'm not wearing any clothes. <laughs> this, should be an, this should be an after nine o'clock in the evening kind of thing. But, but then, yeah, I ended up working with people like I started working with yourself and Shauna and other people up at the camera club. And it just made such a difference. And I also have this like incredible portfolio of photos. Like when I upload onto social media, people are just like, is that you? That doesn't look like you. Like, what is this? Like, especially with some of the really crazy ones, like there was the all purple one for the mermaid shoot. And then there was one where I was like, had like an orange design painted all over me. Like there's been some really wild ones, but they look amazing. And then there's been the body paint shows, even the virtual one that we still did last year. I think it was August or September. And we were up in the studio filming there because we couldn't actually go to Austria to take part. We we're just like live streaming ourselves getting body painted. <laughs> but that's that's great though. Like I, like you said, with the whole body confidence thing, I'd have to agree a hundred percent because like I started out as a body painter. And then I kind of fell into the modeling side by accident. And that was more because I was usually at events where we'd be short of models or something and I'd have to jump in. And it really does give you confidence, like 100%. Yeah. And oh, like it, you, it's hard to even describe it to people who haven't had it done because I can totally accept people going and going, oh, no, I couldn't stand there in the nip and have someone paint me. But you really feel like you're clothed. You feel like there's stuff on you. You don't feel like like you're naked at all yeah you you feel like you're wearing like the best outfit you've ever worn in your life and it just gives you such confidence and you're like strutting around being like I am amazing yeah and like I've gotten to meet people like I said like yourself that like I, I've gotten to know really well and then like with Shauna I we work together because I was supposed to write something for the Bram Stoker Festival 2020, but that couldn't happen because no live events were going on. But she ended up making over myself, my husband and two kids into vampires with like crazy prosthetics and stuff and contacts that she like got. And we were on billboards all over Dublin and it ended up on Ireland AM as well. It was just like crazy. I think I saw those actually. It was really cool. I was like, oh, look at the little vampire kids. So cute. <laughs> yeah, we were going to kind of for like an 80s, early 90s vampires. Kind of a like, Lost Boys vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got that from it. I was like, it's really Lost Boys. But uh, that was like so much fun. I like think Jada was there like in my kitchen trying to do it all on us. And uh wild times but like it was incredible to be able to do that and support her with like her makeup art and also be able to promote her and be like hey that's your stuff on a billboard <laughs> yeah no Sean is great we actually we had her on the on a previous episode and she created a body paint look just for us kind of thing as well and we shared it on social media like she's really lovely yeah and like she does so much as well like she does the body painting and then she makes stuff and then she does nails and she, she just does everything uh, yeah I think she she did that actually she did a body paint on herself but then she also made the headpiece and then she had the big nails as well and I was like that is so much effort to put in like fair play to her she's really really good she's incredible like the people I've met doing creative pursuits is just 10 out of 10 would recommend them to a friend but like even a couple of years ago I, I kind of have a thing where I 
apply for things even if they terrify me because I just like nah let's try something new this year (laughs) and a couple (laughs) of years ago I applied to go to like sort of like a music retreat with Girls Rock Dublin who are like a great organization that help young women get into music and they brought me along with them to Berlin and they also brought Alice my little girl who was I think she was 10 months old at the time and this was EU funded so we got sent for free our like cabin that we were staying in because it was kind of like in like the Phoenix Park but there was like little cabins you could like live in there and camping and that was paid for there was a vegan chef there who like made meals for us it was like crazy amazing and there was all these different young women from all across Europe and we got together and we created music and we got to do a gig in Berlin and I made like so many amazing friends through that it was a once in a lifetime experience and it was lovely to do with Alice as well she won't remember it but like I remember bringing her and like even like I still get messages from people and they're just like how is Alice like they're not interested in me <laughs> like messages like from Germany and Iceland and Poland they're like how's Alice that is so good like I actually I do I I I do see your post scope with your kids and you know you have your son who's like an actor and then you've got your little girl who's who was like an international rock star at 10 months old and I'm just like these kids are so cool (laughs) like I feel like particularly with Eric he's kind of like he doesn't even realize it because he's like his first acting gig when he was a few weeks old for Vikings and he's he's done a couple since and he did a couple of modeling gigs and he just thinks it's normal he thinks everyone does it and like I come home covered in body paint and he he doesn't even blink he's just like oh hey uh, what were you today (laughs) (laughs) that is so cool like those those kids are going to be so cool (laughs) they're adults they're just going to be like way up there doing all the really cool stuff yeah but I definitely think with Alice I'm going to have to like start putting money aside for NCAD because she's already like doing all the art at home drawing on herself and I can't even say don't do that because she's seen me getting body painted yeah it's like like I can't even tell her off for it because I've done it (laughs) I learned it from watching you yep (laughs) (laughs) oh it's it's honestly it's really really nice to hear families that are kind of being creative together because you don't get a lot or at least in my experience you don't get a lot of that I know I think Shauna's family is the same they're very creative together but it's it's really nice to see. Yeah, well, my mom was similar to yourself. She used to work doing face paint and balloons. <laughs> so I'd go around to different parties or events she was going to and she'd be doing all the face painting and the balloons and, you know, she'd be making like motorbikes stuff out of balloons. And everyone was like, oh, do you like, like, no, I want to get a balloon now. I was like, nah, I can get whatever one I want when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait till I get home and get the really good one that no one else yeah. got. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm so jealous of your life right now. <laughs> do you want my mom to send you a balloon? I do, and I'll send her one. <laughs> but if people want to follow along with your like crazy, amazing life on social media, where's the best place to do that? My Instagram is probably where I spend most of my time. So that's Melisa Moore, like M. E-L-I-S-E-A-M-O-U-R 
it's kind of awkward. I feel like I always pick awkward usernames. <laughs> but A, because I needed to have sort of like an alias when I worked for Chunk.ie. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I got married, my name would be Melissa Moore. And then when I said it really quickly, it sounded like Melissa Moore. And that's how that happened. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's, <laughs> no, that's really good, actually, because like your name has a story behind it and it's kind of sentimental as well, which is great. And like, it's not really that awkward to spell. Like, it, it's better than, you know, when I when people say to me, what's your social media? And I'm like, oh, it's Mannequin Blue. And they're like, how do you spell that? <laughs> So it's, it's actually good, yeah. So yeah, everybody, Melissa Moore, all one word. Follow her because she's doing really cool stuff. And even just for the kids, because the kids are the cutest yeah. and they're always doing cool stuff. They, they always get the best kids. well see because the kids obviously they're creative and they're doing cool stuff but like they have the cuteness factor as well yeah (laughs) I don't have the cuteness factor (laughs) Uh, you do you do you do you just you know you don't have the little blonde ringlets that's all no (laughs) (laughs) but yeah support Melissa and her awesome family that you'll be seeing on billboards at some point soon again because I guarantee you will be which is fine but is there anything that you would love to talk about that we didn't touch on yet? Yeah, you know, during the time that I was acting, I was also going for a lot of presenting gigs. And while I did get some, I was I was working for a festival TV for a little while, and that was promoting like local community festivals. And then I worked for Dublin Fashion Festival, presenting with them. But I felt like a lot of time you get quite pigeonholed mm-hmm. into a certain type of presenting and like I said earlier I did my degree in science and I would apply for different science presenting gigs never got them and there was one time in particular that was like really frustrating I'd gone along to an audition and it was for a video games presenting show and they said they wanted one man and one woman I get along to this and I'm the only woman there there was a room full of men going up to audition. I'm the only woman. So I was feeling pretty confident. And add to that, that like I play video games. I've always played video games. I have a good knowledge of them. I was like, okay, like I pretty much got this in the bag. Because I was the only woman, I had to audition with absolutely all of the men. So instead of just doing like a five minute audition slot, I was there for hours doing the audition pieces with all the men that was auditioning. So it took up an entire day, but I was like, you know what? It's worth it if I get the job, which I thought, hands down, I'm getting. And then afterwards, after spending the whole day auditioning, being the only woman there, they told me that they decided to go in a different direction and that there would just be a man presenting it. Oh my goodness. So they, uh, they wasted a, like, it's not even that you went in and you did the five minute audition or whatever. Like you were there all day. They wasted an entire day. An entire day. I, like, it's annoying enough when you kind of feel like you didn't get something because they were just like, oh, video games and science. That's kind of more for boys. It's annoying when you feel it that way and then when you go and you're the only woman up for like the one female position and then they decide to cancel the female position and on top of that waste your time it's oh it was beyond frustrating yeah I mean you have every right to feel that way oh my goodness I would be so angry no but I also just felt like it was a really missed opportunity for them because I think don't realize how many women play video games they they really don't and it's like if you want both men and women to buy this game that you're talking about because they were advertising a game of theirs as well it's just like 
well, why wouldn't you have a woman there so that women could relate and, you know, you'd make double the money? Yeah, I mean, you're 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 doubling your customer base that way. Like, wh- why would you exclude half of your customer base? This doesn't make any sense. No, and it, it's just so crazy that still in this day and age, people just like that assume women don't play video games, they don't watch sci-fi, they don't read comic books, and it, it's not the case at all. And women have always done it. Like even my grandmother, the day of her wedding, because they hadn't had a lot of money herself and my granddad went down to the corner shop and bought comic books and just went home with them. <laughs> that oh. was their reception. <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> been in it I mean even for myself I play more video games than my partner does and I suppose I don't play as many as I used to but that's still saying something yeah and a lot of my friends because I was in like the video game society in college so a lot of them were big gamers the best one hands down and everyone in my friend group would admit it the best one that will be everyone at the video games is one of my female friends yeah it's frustrating on many levels No, it, it, it absolutely is. And I think it's kind of, thankfully, these days, it's kind of going more towards the other way where I think women are being a little bit more included in things, but it's still going very, very slowly. Yeah, and there's still the whole thing of don't announce you're a woman if you're online gaming because the harassment is real. Yeah, well, there's see, there's the harassment and then there's also kind of the accusations that, oh, she's only saying that for attention. You know, she wants people to think she's cool. She doesn't really play video games games it is a kind of a double-edged sword yeah absolutely like even with myself on twitter and online games i would just pick a super neutral username because i'm just like yeah I i don't want anyone sending me either messages trying to come on to me or messages harassing me none of that yeah, I, mean, <laughs> no. I, I used to play online a bit. I don't really anymore for that very reason. The thing about it is you don't even have to actually be a woman playing online. If you just play a female character, people will message you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they, they don't know anything about you. Like you could be a dude playing a female character and you will still get guys trying to slide up into those DMs. And then you ask for like their Venmo or their Revolut. <laughs> <laughs> but you might as well make some money from it. <laughs> people listening be nice to your artists but also be nice to your female gamers because someday we'll be in charge and you'll be sorry (laughs) (laughs) have to ask permission (laughs) no but seriously (laughs) we're here we're not going away and we're not just doing it for the attention Yeah. So Melissa, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and having the chats with us. Yeah, same with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's been great. And again, anyone at home listening, check out Melissa's Instagram and support her and read all her articles on her.ie as well, because she's doing some great work for them, which is brilliant. And we want to keep that going. Yep. (laughs) so if you enjoyed this episode of doing it for the exposure and would like to hear more in the future make sure to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at d-i-f-t-e podcast you can also check out our stream on nerdtonomedia.com we stream bi-weekly on spotify soundcloud and youtube thank you so much for listening thank you for listening to a nerd to know media production 